0: Welcome to Bestseller TV. I'm Camilla Webster, and I'm joined here today by Keith Piggies. He is the author of Winning with Customers. Great to have you on the show.
1: It's good to be here with you, Camilla.
0: Tell me how to win with these customers. We all need to know.
1: Well, we win with the customers by thinking about the customers first, and that's not something that companies do all the time. Um, but we have to think about the customers first, and we have to figure out what it really takes to help the customer be successful, uh, and then we have a shot at winning.
0: Now, you've actually developed a playbook in the book. Um, give me some of the top points you would say that you've seen analyzing sort of the marketplace. First
1: of all, I think it's important to understand where you stand today with a customer. And uh, a lot of organizations spend time thinking about how they're profiting from the customers. If you ask, what are your 10 or 20 most profitable customers? People can tell you. But if you ask a different question, how are your customers really making money doing business with you mm. versus doing business with your competitor, tend not to have as much of that information readily available. So so the first thing to do is to figure out how your customer is winning doing business with you versus competitors. The second thing is you really have to understand what your value proposition Yes. I mean, what are the things that you do that are really differential, that bring value to your customer that your competitors don't bring? And then you've got to quantify it. I know sometimes you don't want to do the math, right? But you can only really sell what you can quantify, what you can prove. And so the, the next point is you really have to have some analytics. You really have to use data to be able to prove what you do, and then ultimately you wanna focus on how to make your customer more money in the future. Right, and so
0: you're really asking readers in the book to basically do a state of the business, almost to clean house as a first part of the process.
1: Yeah, I think that's important. It's important, you know, and we ask a question on the cover of the book, which I think is the question. And that question is, do your customers make more money doing business with you.
0: I know there are lots of wonderful examples in the book. Share a couple of them with us to show how some of the things you've advised, which have been put in place, have actually improved business both for the business owner right. and the business customer.
1: Yeah. Well, there, there is an example in the book of Owens Corning. And Owens Corning is a pretty significant example of how uh, that organization really moved from focusing on its internal operations To understanding what really drives value for the customer, and they were able to take their building products company and do amazing things during the recession and the housing downturn by putting their investments in places that really drove customer service. It would have been much easier to start reducing costs across the board, just get the peanut butter spreader right Mm -hmm. and just reducing costs. But because they had greater insight, they were able to say, okay, we see that what really is important now as our customers are starting to reduce headcount, there are specific areas where they need help and we have expertise. So we don't want to cut those areas. We want to make sure we've got customer service people there ready to give them product information to help with their roofing products Mm -hmm. and how they work and, uh, and how they compare to competitive products so that their people like Lowe's, for example, who sells those products, their people on the floor are trained to sell more product.
0: Right. So you're um, building an intimate relationship with your customer in a new way in a business that already existed.
1: Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely.
0: Let's talk about metrics. Uh, You mentioned a little bit, what is the value of metrics in this playbook?
1: You can't manage what you can't measure, and I know we've heard that before. And again, we tend to have great metrics around our profitability Mm -hmm. with our customers. If you ask any leader of the organization, you say, okay, can you name your top 10, top 20, top 50 most profitable customers? And everyone says, oh yes, oh yes. But then you ask a second order question, "Hmm, do you know the top 10 or 20 customers whose profit we drive more so than our competitors Mm -hmm. and people start looking around and searching Well, what what do you mean yeah those customers that profit greatly from what we provide to them Mm -hmm. so i believe the first order metric really has to be a metric of how our customers benefit from what we do for them and then secondly how do we capture our fair share which is where many companies spend their time. So we really have to do the reverse of what's being done in common practice today.
0: How would you suggest people use the book? Is it a full-on read it start to finish? Or is it something you can dive in during your particular crisis? (laughs) Both.
1: Yeah, we've designed the the book for, for both of those audiences, actually for a variety of audiences. Senior executives who really want to understand how to do this well, and how to begin thinking about leading this kind of change in their organization, can read the first three chapters. So the first three chapters will give them everything they need to know. And what
0: are the titles of the first three chapters?
1: So the first three chapters of the book are Why We Lose, Define Winning, and The Playbook. So Why We Lose, it really helps to paint the picture of what new things an organization can do to improve its winning score. How it can really better engage with the customer. And as I mentioned, you know, how you take that first step of turning your attention to the customer and how to help their business grow and grow profitably and what things you can do uniquely versus your competitors to help them that way, that really is a way to begin thinking about how to do things differently, right? The second, define winning, really talks about the differential value proposition. All right, which is the new methodology that we provide in the book and uh, how you keep score and how do you improve your score over time. Mm-hmm. And then the third chapter is the playbook and it really gives you the step by step kind of blow by blow approach of what you do first, second, and, and so on. Um, and so that would really help a leader of the organization get a grasp of how, what this is all about mm. and, and how to move forward. The next section of the book really is a how-to for those people in the organization who are now going to determine how we put this into practice. And we go through each of those areas of the, the process and the methodology, right, and people, very practical tools to help them begin uh, implementing it in the organization. And then the last section of the book is really cool. It's what to do to get started, mm. right? So as people then decide, hey, what do I do really to get this going in my organization? We give them some very helpful, practical tools to, to get started, and then we close with a maturity path or a maturity model. So people can begin thinking about how to build this capability, because ultimately our goal is for organizations to build this capability to win with their customers in a sustainable way over time. That would make us happy. C-Suite Radio.
0: People say it's lonely at the top. One of the questions I wanted to ask you as an expert is what do you do when you know you need to reach your customer but you have a very political system in your company. You want to initiate change. How do you take those first steps to also get in company support for your B2B issue?
1: Well, that's a very good question. And I know there are a lot of leaders who face that. I face that as a leader, as a practitioner. I think there comes a time where the leader, although it can be lonely at the top, has to uh, really speak the truth in an organizational setting. And I think that is a time that uh, the waters begin to part and people began to understand that there really is a problem or an opportunity. So for example, the question that we raised on the cover of the book, uh, we suggest asking that question of your colleagues. Do you know how our customers make money? Do they make more money with us than they do working with our competitors? And listen for the echo. And that question, do your customers make more money or do our customers make more money doing business with us? It's searing and most organizations and most leaders cannot answer that question affirmatively.
0: In fact that's a wonderful way to approach Mm -hmm. it because Mm -hmm. if you're at a board meeting you're not saying Johnny, Marcus and Alyssa are doing it all wrong you're actually posing a fresh question so you can work together as a team so that's that's great advice that's Mm -hmm. in the book and from you here. Final question is about social media. Are we all tweeting too much? to our customer or within our channels among each other in business, what should we be doing?
1: The short answer, I think, is yes. I mean, there's a lot of clutter. I mean, there's a lot of information. And I think tweeting or using some other form of social media to communicate just because is probably not very effective. I think, like any form of communication, it's important to understand who you're communicating to, what's of interest to that audience, communicating something that's meaningful and differential, that sets you apart that really addresses a need or a challenge or helps them to capitalize on an opportunity that's important to them and then only communicating when you need to
0: do you engage your customer to support you in sharing messages
1: absolutely in fact i think one of the things that we talk about in the book is changing the conversation mm-hmm. changing the conversation so winning with customers and changing the conversation you really want to have a dialogue with the customer So we have a pretty simple process you get your organization together around one of your major accounts and that that group or team comes up with what they think really is valuable to the customer how we're helping that customer to make more money doing business with us you can call it a hypothesis if you want right what what do we think right and we get really excited about that when we do it but you know what that doesn't matter what matters is what the customer thinks. Mm -hmm. So then we take that out to the customer and say, hey, we don't say what's keeping you up at night. We go, here's how we think we help you make more money than our competitors. Mm -hmm. Let us walk you through and share our thoughts and we would love your feedback. And I'm gonna tell you the feedback that comes back is pretty amazing. Now that's a dialogue, right? When the feedback comes back, it's either, hey, you're doing great in these areas, just as great as you thought, right? or you're not doing quite so great. So two of the things that we've uncovered about this new conversation is that typically organizations find that business is at risk that they thought was secure mm. once they start having that dialogue with the customer. The other thing that we, we've learned is that in many cases, the company is leaving money on the table because they're delivering an incredible value that they weren't aware of but in this dialogue, this new conversation with the customer, they're able to hear from the customer's perspective just how valuable the things they're doing really are to the customer's bottom line. And so, but again, it's a dialogue.
0: Keith, thank you so much for joining us. And for more on winning with customers and other great business books, please visit us on c-sweetbookclub.com.
1: Like what you just heard. Visit c-sweetradio.com.